right, welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today, wow, what a pleasure. We have with us live in studio the managing partner of Encore Real Estate Investment Services, my colleague, Brandon Hanna. Thank you very much. Yeah. What an introduction. Pleasure to have you here today, Brandon. Really appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to add some value for our viewers here. Thanks for having me. Happy so, to be here. we've got a lot to talk about, a lot of interesting things going on in the net lease world of commercial real estate. But before we get into the what it is of what you do and what's going on in the world, I want to know a little bit about who you are. So, tell our viewers, who is Brandon Hanna? So, 17 years in the business, um, selling single-tenant net lease investment properties across the United States. I started uh, at one of the larger brokerage houses um, when I was 22 years old. And throughout my career as an investment advisor, um, once that company went public, we decided to go private. My partners and I, Dino Bistolridis and Ryan Vinco, and we moved on to the boutique side of the space where we advise clients in the acquisition and disposition of single-tenant at least properties, multi-tenant retail um, across the United States. And I could tell you right now, our track record is unmatched in the industry with respect to us being on the smaller scale, but if we compete with the larger brokerage houses that have offices throughout the country, our office in southeastern Michigan um, does more volume than any one large brokerage house uh, that is here in the state of Michigan, um, pound for pound. That's awesome. Yeah, it's really incredible, and I I, I appreciate it. I'm, I'm happy to be part of the team, and it's just been an absolutely incredible experience for me to work alongside you. So Very happy, to, happy to, to have you to get you here in the studio. So let's talk about the market a little bit. What exactly is driving this uptick in the commercial real estate market? So I can tell you right now that the demand has been driven primarily um, due to the lower interest rates, right? So the, sure. the, the cheap cost of money. And the banks are heavily capitalized. Uh, they're a lot more strategical, they being the financial institutions, both the balance sheet banks, uh, both Wall Street, the conduit side, and also the life insurance companies. They've learned from the economic downturn, right? The Great Depression of the 20, uh, 20th century, which was uh, um, 2008. And they, they looked at it from a perspective of, um, you know, taking their underwriting standards and sharpening their pencils. A lot of the inventory um, as well has been uh, extended in terms of leases. So the rents have come down. Mm -hmm. Um, We've learned that retailers, there's been a lot more market uh, saturation. So retailers needed assistance from landlords. Landlords were willing to lend a hand. Uh, Not not so happy about it. Nobody's ever happy about lowering rents. But it creates for a substantial uptick in uh, you know, transactional velocity. So when leases are extended, there's value that's created, uh, there's a buyer pool for it, and then there's strategies from the either the REITs, from the boutique outfits who own these properties to, um, you know, have new evaluations completed. It creates a whole pound-for-pound um, pound effect for appraisers, lawyers, mm-hmm. 1031 ex- exchange accommodators, and thereby generating, you know, a a whole, flo- you know, opening the floodgates for transactional costs for municipalities with respect to transfer taxes as well. Um, but that's definitely driving the demand. Uh, also, the uptick in uh, investments from the private sector. We've seen a, a substantial uptick in the amount of landlords who now own single tenant investment properties. Mm-hmm. Uh, before it was like the coal capitals and the Virits and, uh, you know, all of the, you know, larger institutional players. 
there's a lot more private money in the space, and that private money, it's uh, it's arbitraging aggressively into uh, the coupon clippers, the corporate S and P backed, and um, you know keeping guys like you and I ultra busy, busier yeah. than we've ever been. That's thankfully. for sure. That is for sure. Thankfully, absolutely. So, what asset classes have seen the largest swing in cap rate compression? So, one thing COVID taught us, right? We learned the word essential. Sure. Um, you know, we, we learn a lot of words during, uh, you know, volatile times in our nation's history, uh, or terminology, I should say. The term, the term essential uh, created for a substantial uptick in the single-tenant net lease grocery space. A lot of the grocers uh, became the most sought-after, mm-hmm. you know, asset classes in the industry, from Kroger to Publix to, you know, the Walmarts of the world, um, Costco's and you know the the list goes on uh, the single tenant drugstores which is something that yeah. we hold the largest trailing track record in in the country I'm very proud of that um, we sell a lot more drugstores than anyone um, and have sold more drugstores than anyone in the nation uh, it's been a area where I personally specialized in uh, throughout the course of my career and and having said that the drugstores ultimately lost their um, you know title as being the reigning champs, yeah. you know, call it post, you know, 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, and then, you know, the dollar stores came into play. There was a lot of dollar stores that penetrated the market uh, aggressively in terms of development, but, um, you know, multifamily picked up and industrial picked up and logistics picked up, but following COVID, the drugstores were the only game in town that stayed open. Yeah. They were, even if they were the destination point retailer, following the COVID vaccination, you know, protocols, the the government relied heavily on the drugstores uh, to, uh, you know, catapult all of the momentum into getting everyone vaccinated. Sure. Um, we saw that when uh, the Trump administration invited the, you know, the three, you know, Walgreens, CVS, and Rite Aid to the White House at the press conferences. And when I saw that, I knew immediately there was going to be... Um, you know, a, a, a favorable sentiment towards the drugstore space. Um, the fast food retailers, yeah, absolutely. Taco Bell, Wendy's, Burger King, McDonald's, uh, Chipotle, Chick-fil-A, um, Amazon resistant. Yep. And they've seen an unprecedented uptick as well. Uh, I'd probably say they're like head to head with like the drugstores. And, you know, all three of these asset classes, um, we do industrial. So industrial has always been, um, you know, a space where, there's been demand, mm-hmm. uh, but industrial is a larger uh, type of a price point, sure. uh, so, you know, scenario. Whereas the fast food and the drug stores and the dollar stores, they have uh, a bigger audience, I should call it. But um, yeah, definitely those uh, asset classes, those product type uh, specialty deals, have seen the m- the most compression uh, in cap rates. Gas stations as well, mm-hmm. uh, although. There's, you know, any property that's going to be built in, you know, call it states where they have tax-free, um, uh, you know, benefits such as uh, there's New Hampshire, there's Tennessee, there's Florida, uh, there's Texas, Nevada. And so when you package that whole deal together, you're checking off a lot of boxes that investors are seeking. The cap rates have compressed because the investors say to themselves, we went through an you know, an experience where the world was legitimately shut down. Yeah. And so, and these retailers were not. Um, and, 
irrespective of the fact that a lot of the dine-ins shut down, unfortunately, um, then we're praying for them to, you know, come back, uh, come back strong. The the key is is the drive-through was open and functioning. It, it was like a lifesaver yeah. for, um, you know, for all of these retailers. So the drugstores had that had drive-throughs, they survived. The fast foods and then a lot of the grocery stores now have uh, drive-throughs as well, you know, because they incorporate you know pharmacy and whatnot. But uh, yeah, those are the product types that saw the most cap rate compression. And I think we'll continue uh, to see favorable cap rate compression because so long as the interest rates remain at all-time lows, uh, the lenders like these deals on their balance sheets. And the borrowers are pretty practical nowadays because of the lending standards. You're seeing like, what's a practical LTV? You're seeing 70% you know, thrown out there as opposed to the days of old where there were you know, 110%. <laughs> I still don't know how they made sense of those numbers, but, you know, we learned, definitely yeah, learned absolutely. a lot. And we learned a lot. Yeah, we're learning a lot now from what's going on. You know, Brandon, you often talk about this. There's a lot of noise out there, right? Right. So what advice do you have for, for people who are hearing that those that noise and hearing those diversions in terms of kind of navigating through the weeds and, and maintaining the proper advisory during these times? Yeah, so history repeats itself. Um, you know, we forget that we were all in elementary school and high school and college and we learned history yeah and there's going to be periods of time there's going to be you know upticks and downturns in the marketplace um we without question experienced downturns in major segments of the economy due to covid mm-hmm. um but look at you know now that we're nearing you know post covid we're we're reaching um you know, higher number of vaccinations. You're seeing that the mask mandates are being a lot more lenient, thankfully. Um, You're seeing things come back to normal. Uh, However, the noise in the marketplace where people think that, you know, the wheels are going to fall off, um, this is the thing. We were shut down. Um, We've gone through riots. We've gone through, you know, very aggressive, um, uh, you know, economic shifts in terms of, uh, you know, psyche, right? Mm-hmm. In the individual psyche to stay at home. I think we've all, you know, become a little bit more disciplined in many aspects. Uh, but the the noise is always going to be out there. Stick to the basic fundamentals, yeah. irrespective of economic um, concerns. They're always going to be out there. Um, these companies have, uh, have pivoted. And the biggest issue is employment, right? Yeah. Um, You know, we need to start to see more people get back to work. I think that's going to be the most critical uh, impasse that that we're going to see between the economy picking up speed and and it is picking up speed, but keeping that same momentum. So uh, the employment side, but the noise from, uh, you know, fallout and I think United States of America is the greatest country on the planet. It really is. And um, we print the world's currency. Yep. Um, so with that being said, irrespective of, you know, all the noise that we hear, um, listen, if wherever we live in the world, where would you want to invest? You want to invest on Fifth Avenue in Manhattan. That's right. You want to invest in, you know, Washington, D.C. You want to invest in, uh, you know, in Dallas, Texas. You want to invest in southeastern Michigan. Yep. Um, you know, Florida's huge right now. There's been a lot of movement. Uh, even markets in California, you know, California still, it, it's you know, one of the most beautiful cities in the country. So it, it just, the United States of America, uh, if you believe in this country, 
you should block out all the noise. And I think if you allow the noise to penetrate and permeate, you're ultimately losing faith in, uh, you know, where you, you know, the country that is the strongest, uh, you know, power. You know, they, they, there's talks. They, they talk about China and, you know what, again, the United States came out with the vaccine. That's right. And we were vaccinating basically, you know, thankfully we're, we've been, you know, vaccinated first, but it's, um, you know, we vaccinate the world. That's right. And so I think, you know, people, they, they lose grasp of what's in front of them because there's so many avenues of information. But, um, you know, Dan on top should be right there up, uh, up on Fox. Appreciate that. Yeah, appreciate that. So speaking back in the brokerage world, there's a lot of brokers out there, right? What advice do you give someone? How do they select the right broker to sell their property? So it's a great question. Um, and I could tell you right now, one thing I learned, uh, having been in the industry, um, just in life in general, and in dealing with you know, aspects of life for you know, m- my own account, the hardest thing to find is people who are really good at what they do. That's right. And one thing that is very important to me, uh, and I look at the camera, is I'd like for people to give references um, when they're seeking a broker, um, or ask for references, I'm sorry. Ask the broker, how many people can you give me to call so that I can ask, you know, how their experience was in dealing with Dan Lukowitz or Brandon Hanna or Encore Real Estate Investment Services for that matter. And I think that's a critical component because it's a, you're getting a live feed, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you're getting to, you know, ultimately, you know, hear directly from the principal. Um, and the product type is going to be very much in conjunction, more than likely, with what you're seeking to, you know, to, to take on, the assignment that you're looking to, um, to be awarded. Sure. And so that being said, it's, um, it's very important to showcase track record, showcase, um, you know, the, uh, the piggybacking off of uh, the referrals uh, that the customers you've successfully closed with. And, you know, that being said, if you can always put one of the managing partners or managing directors of the firm um, on an email to showcase, you know, the seniority, uh, that's always applicable because you want to make sure that the clients are aware that this is not like, you know, hey, we're going to get your business and we're going to pass you along or pass you down. That's the one thing. If you can say, you know, how do you attribute your success in your career? When we started this, um, you know, the the podcast, you know, with your great introduction, um, I would have said, I'm a part of every aspect of the deal. There you go. Uh, I know everyone's name in the deal. I know the appraiser's name. I know, you know, the title agent's name, the escrow agent's name. I know the loan officer's name. I know the buyer seller's name, the buyer seller attorney's names. a lot of work, a lot, a lot of, work. of work. It's you know constantly on the phones, um, but uh, you know ultimately that in and of itself is going to earn you. I think the, the the upper hand against the competition when that owner contacts those uh, references that you give him, and they're going to say basically what I'm telling you. They're going to say, "Hey, Dan, Brandon, they they covered the whole deal." And yeah. I and that and that was important to us, and that ultimately resulted in you know a successful closing at the highest price at the top of the market, um, in the shortest amount of you know time period. Um, so you know the exposure is key, 
And uh, you got to remain, you know, practical and rational, you know, at all times. Absolutely, I love that. You know, I love basketball, and I think that a great analogy there is the point guard, right? You want that broker who's going to run point and make sure that everything runs smoothly, so that you, as the investor, can focus on what you do, and the broker can take over and really handle that transaction. Yeah, no, without question, and, and it's a team effort, and you're constantly, you know, up against the clock. That's right. And so it's, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, do do your best and you know never hesitate that's the thing you have to believe in yourselves and i think that separates you know the the brokers who are going to be value added brokers which is what we practice at its finest versus you know the guys who chase paychecks that's right awesome well hey brandon hannah really appreciate you joining us today this was an absolute pleasure and you added some tremendous value to our viewers definitely i'm very much happy to be here Always willing to support you, and like I said, we got. I can't wait to see you right at the top. I mean, we, we need to go to Fox Business. There you go. You know. There you go. Appreciate it, Brandon. Well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top, and we'll look forward to seeing you soon. <laughs>